Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Somebody's watching me, and I have no privacy. Whoa, whoa, that's because they are. Someone, drop the mic, is always watching you. You know where you're at today, don't you, man? You're on the Comfortable in Chaos podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg. Just put a fresh pinch of black buffalo in my mouth, and that does make us like Einstein. Ah, okay. I've oxygenated myself, feeling a little bit more relaxed, leveled down the stress. And what did Einstein say? I have no special talents. We are just all passionately curious, passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here and where is it that we want to go? And many of us, as you heard me say, maybe at about episode four, we're living a month and a day, man. We're doing the deal. You've heard me talk about role reversal, shuttling kids, cooking, doing. Same grind a lot of you guys are in. It just depends on the path you've chosen, what you're working towards. But really, it doesn't matter. You have to hustle in today's world. Part of that is of our own creation, though. Part of that is certainly of our own doing. Now, we started off, that was with Rockwell's song, man. What happened to that dude? That was a great song. Somebody's watching me. He had Michael Jackson doing the background vocals. It's an amazing song. I still like jamming to it now. It's just I forget about it oftentimes. So check it out. Man, my mouth slipped. That was exactly where I was going with this. Somebody is watching us. But it's not what you're thinking. That is true on one hand. Somebody is always watching us as men. What I'm talking about in this instance for this moment is our Comfortable in Chaos podcast. Guys, people are not only watching us now, or I should say, listening to us in the United States, but in Belgium, in Sweden, in Austria, in Canada, in India, and Japan. So a shout out to all of our international listeners. Thank you so much. It looks like I had the biggest preponderance in Belgium at this time. I don't know. Is it because NATO headquarters is there in Brussels? Uh, kind of the epicenter of that whole whole North Atlantic Treaty deal? Mm, could be. Do they know that I like Belgian beer? Akel 8 Blonde is actually my favorite. Hard to come by here. Uh, been a long, long time since we've been in Europe. We need to get back. But... All I can say is it is greatly appreciated. And guys, if you need to reach me, my email is get underscore the word recovery at msn.com. G-E-T underscore recovery at msn.com. We already have a couple of speaking gigs on tap. I feel profoundly blessed about that. And if that's something that interests you, reach out. And um, tell me what your topic is, and we definitely can refine ourselves. And there may be a good chance that I've refined myself under fire in that regard. 
And if there is um, a new experience there, we'll craft a message that will hit home. Undoubtedly, any men's group out there, any sales floor out there, life is sales. In fact, sales has saved my life on the street. And if you don't know how to sell, you are going to have a tough time in this world that has forgotten how to read, write, that words have meaning, and or to communicate. So I was thinking about it. Somebody is always watching us. Hmm. And you know who knows that? I think Taylor Swift knows that. And you're like, Taylor Swift? That's not our rock music we like on the Comfortable and Chaos podcast. Well, I used to jam to some Taylor Swift songs with her daughter when she was younger. And then one time, my wife and one of her girlfriends took uh, our daughter and someone else to a Taylor Swift concert. And they just came back raving about her stage presence, how she knew how to interact and move her audience. And it was almost like a... uh, They became almost like an extension of her. Hmm, that's some power there. That is some persuasiveness there. But what I'm asking is, is in the course of us being watched, would you prefer to be noticed or known in your life? I would say in that vein, Taylor Swift prefers to be noticed. That's how she makes money. That's how her business perpetuates itself. But who knows her? My daughter told me that every time she'd go in and out of within a new boyfriend, typically another famous boyfriend, she'd kind of adopt his customs and his ways. In fact, look like him. And But then, you know, she'd go to another one or, or they would go to another one. And so haven't kept up with that in many, many years. So I would venture to say that she never really became known but certainly noticed. Have any of you men ever lived like that? I have. I'm raising my hand at my own desk. I'm raising my hand. Been more noticed by the external and outside world than probably known inside my own home. And really, isn't that where we prefer to go? From being noticed to known You've heard me joke about it before, but you run into the office and Secretary Jones says, Hey, Tom! Fantastic job! Hey, got the promotion. Hey, uh, presentation was wonderful. We met our deadline, this and that. You're just an amazing man, Tom. Okay, well, you got noticed. Do you feel good? Are you still unknown at home? Because I think a good data point for a man, and to use that word data point in this regard actually comes from warrior poet society, John Lavelle. I've thought about it on my own, of course. That's why this message is coming out, but I liked how he referenced it, but he called it a data point. And oftentimes as men, we can be very empirical thinkers. So we're looking for that data. We want to accrue it, diagnose it, dissect it, use it where advantageous. The rest comes from me. In that you collect that data on a man that you've taken in and that you are noticing. You can certainly notice him, right? The noticing of this individual. But take a closer look, should the opportunity afford itself then and or in the future, at his spouse. 
and or his children. Heck, he may not ever be with his spouse and or his children. But if you do happen to catch them all together, take a gander. Do they look happy, content, and or like they are flourishing? Are they at benefit because of the relationship in life with this man? Because, you know, your wife, your spouse, and your kids, you can't fake it in front of them. You cannot have the imposter syndrome i.e. that Shakespearean mask that you put out when you go put on when you go out into the world. They know you, brother. In fact, they may actually know you better than yourself should you have been wearing and or are wearing a mask and have that imposter sin- syndrome. And now some of it may actually be totally out of necessity. How could you function in the workplace as a man the same way you do at home? You can certainly bring some of those engendering qualities, though, and I think that that would behoove you in the workplace. But you cannot trick your way through your own house. So in that vein, let me sing this refrain. I always feel like somebody's watching me. In fact, they are. It's your own wife and kids. Let's do right by them. I've often heard, and this is the age-old adage, right? Character is who you are when no one is around. Well, damn it, life is so tough, rigid in a lot of ways. We're so behind on the things it is that actually interest us, that we really need to do, the things we really want to do. If no one's around me, I'm catching up on busy tasks, busyness. I'm just going from one thing to another, just happy to complete one little thing. It could be picking up the backyard. It could be adjusting my shed. Hell, it could be putting things up in our own house that just get dropped down instead of properly placed because we are so busy. So if you're going to try to judge my character from that, you're just going to see, okay, uh, that's the good old-fashioned Protestant work ethic. He's busy. That's not character. I'm going to do the same thing if you're here or you're not around. Character is how you interact with other people. That is the true measure of your character, not when no one's around. Throw that one out. Here's a better one for you. Do you think your circle of friends, the ones that you deem the closest to you, and I would venture to say if when we kick off this uh, this orb we call the planet Earth, if we have a couple of them by us that are still by our side that we can confide in, man, we are richly, richly blessed. Lord willing, that circle has expanded maybe five, six good ones. But we only have so much time on this planet. But if your friends, think about this, really knew you, the true and real you, that causes you angst, consternation, what you worry about from time to time, that if you put it out there, do you think they would still remain your friends? And how many of them on the flip side of that have you actually seen for those same qualities and you have chosen to either partake 
and or no longer associate with them? It's a very good question. What I will tell you, though, this is one of the things that really gets me. You'll hear me interlace some pejoratives here uh, just for effect. We're having fun. It is informative entertainment, and we're doing this together. I would talk this way to you if we were drinking beer at, uh, I'd say, the Western Bar and or Dave's Burgers in Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Real long, old school bars. That would be the only type of bar you'll ever really find me in these days. Uh, I'm just not interested in the other. If it's an obligatory event, I have to go, cool, and we'll get out of there when the time comes. But this is exactly how you and I would talk if we were together at one of those bars and or your bar of choice. This is how you find out about men. Drop all the pretense, stop all the you-know-what measuring, and let's just get down to brass tacks. Who are you? What are you? Tell me about your family. Tell me about what it is that actually interests you in life. Where is it that you truly want to go? Do you believe in the risen Lord? Has that guided your life? Has it kept you out of trouble? This is my big stickler that just gets me irate. All these purported pillars of society, and this is going to chap some people's ass. It is what it is. And before I make this statement, we are all redeemable. I believe that the majority of people listening to this show believe in the Lord. And we know that if we confess our sin, ask for repentance, um, acknowledge that Christ has risen and that He had died for us, that we are given an eternal life, meaning our spirit, our spirit has been saved. But that does not mean that our soul will not engage in torment in the course of getting to that eternal destination. And that's where a lot of Christians fail. But here is what I'm going to say, and I have failed. Everyone is redeemable. And if this has been you, all you have to do is the aforementioned process we just discussed, and you're gold. And then let your behavior and your character shine after that and move forward. But we're talking about the measure of men. The measure of a man. Your impression when you're standing right in front of them. I don't care what company you're running. I don't care what you have. I don't care how you got there. And I don't care what the world and all the other men say about you, especially when it is exclamatory and beneficial things if I know that you have betrayed your family. I mean, you used to hear all this old mafia stuff. And it was Omerta, the code in the La Cosa Nostra, the brotherhood. But they all had mistresses. They all had their wives at home and kids. But that was the accepted moray. We can pal around with our women of choice. My actual given family that I made is at home. I'm palling around. But then this man from the Colombo... Uh, the Gambino, I mean, whatever crime family was going to 
trust me as a man? Well, I guess there's no honor amongst thieves. And just like in anything else in life, people can create the rules as they go along, provided they give them a beneficial advantage. And it keeps them in denial and from having to look directly inward at themselves. But how could you actually trust a man who has done that? They're doing great in the world, but on that flip side, that occurred? If you can do it over there, my guess is is that you are not truly trustworthy out here. So let's avoid that at all cost. And life happens. Life can put a lot down on top of you. You can grow up with a lot of baggage and scars. Well, look inward, find out about it, look upward, and cancel that crap out. So, let's start turning this thing around right here. And in thinking about this episode, it got me thinking, oddly enough, about Ignatius Loyola. Ignatius Loyola. Some of those words are familiar, right? Some of those names. They're in colleges and universities. Ignatius Loyola founded the Society of Jesus. And so that would be the Jesuit order within the Catholic Church. What a lot of people don't realize is that those were some warring mofos, man. These were highly skilled soldiers. The Jesuit order of the Catholic Church, better known as the Society of Jesus, was a group of soldiers with Ignatius Loyola as their leader. And right now we actually have the first Jesuit pope ever in world history. So that's interesting. And we're going to talk about their influence in the modern world in, in future episodes. We are certainly going to go there. We're going, to, we're going to go through some of those things. But what I think is interesting about St. Ignatius is that he said there are three kinds of people. He said there is the postponer, and that is the one that recognizes that the urgent things in need in life right now, including Christ, he can see it, and that could be your family, but he feels like there's more pressing needs, so he tends to those first. You can have person number two, the compromiser, and he understands that there are things that need his interest, energy, and activity in life, but he makes conditions. I'll do this but if I can also do this, he's compromising back and forth. And then you have the truly free person. And Ignatius said the truly free person does highly unusual things. That's where the service comes into play. And even today in this modern world, looking after the needs of your spouse and your family is actually a highly unusual thing because how many hours a day are you at work or your chosen endeavor? How many hours of week, a week or a day do you sleep? Okay, look at the other hours that are in the day. That's what you have left. 
So if you want to preach balance in this, it is totally impossible. You have to figure out a way to make it better. That goes into the efficacy that we've talked about. But out of those three, would you rather be the postponer, the compromiser, or the truly free person? I would venture that most of us would like to be the highly unusual man and the truly free person. So men, let's start breaking away so it doesn't matter. Who's watching me? And I have no privacy because what you are doing is right. So hold that thought. Until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos podcast, I am your host, Eric Helberg, and I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos.